Welcome everyone to the Listen Carefully podcast. So great to have Jay here today. And he is an international entrepreneur. He is a teacher and he is a children's book author as well. And he likes to um, bring about awareness for conscious Bible stories. And so we're here today to have a conversation about consciousness and about how this can relate to parenting and also relate to taking care of ourselves and and showing up in this world where a lot of change is being required of us lately. So Jay, thank you so much for being here and it's, it's great to have you. My pleasure, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let us know how, how did this come about and um, how has this impacted your world in this way and, and what, kind of inspired you to um, dig deeper? What were some of the like key moments in your life that really allowed you to see, oh, wait, this is a different lens that I want to lean into? Yeah, absolutely. So growing up, I grew up in a Christian family household and affected by the Bible stories uh, Mm -hmm. pretty deep as far as uh, the stories that, you know, the popular stories, God and Lucifer, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, these stories are a big part of my world growing up. And at some point in my 20s, I started questioning my religion and questioning my parents. And I was just not in a very good place and, you know, didn't really have a, a career or any sort of real direction in life. And so I started questioning many of my choices that had led up to this moment. And uh, because of this, I, you know, I have uh, sort of an introverted personality. And so, you know, I don't have many hobbies. And so my, my greatest hobby is just, I just like to sit and think, and, uh, you know, I like to think things through. And uh, it's, it's probably my greatest superpower and also my greatest detriment, you know, depending on how deeply I go into my thinking, it could be, it could turn into overthinking where I don't take enough action. And so um, I started training myself into taking action based on these thoughts that I was having. And uh, I also had a lot of physical pain at the time. And so I started experimenting with new ways of healing myself and uh, which led me down a very interesting path that uh, allowed me to at some point, get to a better place where I did learn to heal myself physically, mentally, emotionally. I was suffering from a lot of trauma and a lot of uh, just a lot of shame and guilt and things that were kind of haunting me. And once I started addressing these things, uh, I started to heal. And I even started doing better in my career. I started getting into a path. And so I uh, began to prosper more in life. I began to piece things together more, Uh, better friendships, uh, better relationships with my parents, my siblings. You know, I started addressing things on purpose, started making conscious effort to make things better for myself. And 
lo and behold, it started kind of working out for me. I was happier. I was healthier. I was uh, more expressive and kind of started breaking out of my shell and kind of fast forward to where I am now. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still breaking out of my shell. I feel I still, I'm not fully out of the closet, if you will, but (laughs) I'm getting there. I'm doing my best. And I've, started writing these stories. I, I write these stories because they really mean something to me. You know, the stories of where we come from uh, really represent something important to me. And my ability to express these stories in a way where they're uh, not offensive to the people that I say them to, especially people like my parents, where I'm able to express thoughts like these to people whom, whom should shun me away, and they don't. It's because uh, because they're so meaningful to me that I find a way to express them in a way where they are clear and concise so that I can show you where I'm coming from, which isn't a place where I want to offend anyone. I want to clear up misunderstanding. And the misunderstanding is within myself, really. You know, I, I really feel like everything in my world, including this conversation, is in my world. Like you are a part of my world. I am a part of your world. And depending on how we express ourselves is how our world reacts to us. And so it's, it's more of a lesson in personal responsibility. Like we have to take responsibility for our world, not just ourselves. You know, even every, every character in our world is essentially us. And, you know, I write these stories for a reason. I write these stories because at least for myself, it helps clear up the misunderstanding that I have as to where these stories come from. You know, these stories of, you know, for instance, the Cain and Abel story where Cain becomes so angry and jealous of his brother that he kills him and then runs off because he's haunted by what he did. You know, when questioned by God, he denies the truth of what he did. And so it's like denying himself the truth, you know, in, in the stories, it's kind of led, led, leads us to believe that God is a voice outside of us, like coming from the heavens, but really it's inside of us. You know, Cain heard that voice of God asking him about his brother. It was him asking himself, you know, and he denied himself the truth. And because he couldn't face himself after that, he couldn't face his family, he runs away. And in the Bible, it says God exiles him. He he, he throws him out. Uh, And he runs off and builds cities because, you know, there aren't that many people. And so he's the one that starts building cities. And it's not like he learned the error of his ways and changed his personality. No, he continued the path that he was on. He was he was still resentful and he was still a liar and he continued doing this. And then the reader goes on to believe that we are the descendants of this man who killed his brother because he couldn't control his temper. And then you can see this in society today. We are essentially a bunch of little canes running around uh, because we are still just picking up and running off with this antiquated story. And so I tell these stories in a different way just to shed light on the fact that they're just stories. And the only thing that makes them true is the idea that we pick them up and run off with them as if they were true. 
they're just stories. As a matter of fact, that's all we have as a humanity. There's nobody else telling stories. The animals aren't doing it. It's just us. There's nobody else. And so it's, it's like a, an opportunity for us to take responsibility for what we've been doing for generations, which is just telling stories. And so we have this ability to create stories at will. It can be any story we want. And we can believe whatever we want. Any of the stories, we can pick which ones we, we choose to believe. And so for myself, I've rewritten these stories and I have chosen to believe the story that I have written. Uh, I'm not denying the stories that have been, that have brought me up. As a matter of fact, I'm acknowledging them even more because my stories stem from those stories. And so without that story, I wouldn't be able to reflect the best part of myself, which is the part where I see the characters play out in a way that I want them to play out. You know, Abel is supposed to be the noble one and he just accepts his death. And essentially that's not okay with me. You know, I, I, nobility is supposed to be someone who stands up and fights for what he believes in. And in my story, uh, when Cain goes to kill Abel, Abel sees the attack coming because he's disciplined and he's composed within himself. And so he's able to subdue Cain and put him in his place, you know, and when, when Cain, when Cain, you know, comes to, they have, they're able to have a dialogue. You know, these brothers are able to have a dialogue and Abel tells him like, you tried to kill me. Why did you do that? And Cain is confronted by the truth. And so he has no choice, but to respond with the truth. He said, well, God favored your gift over mine. And I became so jealous and angry that all I could think about was killing you. And so this is when Abel realizes that there was a misunderstanding within Cain. You see, Cain didn't know who God was. So in his mind, why would he give his best to someone he doesn't know? And so Abel kind of cleared up the misunderstanding when he says, when I say I give my best to God, I mean, I give the best of myself for the benefit of myself and everything around me. And Cain realized what, what he had done. You know, he overreacted, right? He was, he was caught up by the momentum of his anger and he, he couldn't stop himself. And he begs for his brother's forgiveness at that point. But Abel had already forgiven him, you see, because that's what a noble man does. He, he puts things in their place. He doesn't act out of character. And so he, he's able to show Cain a, a new light of himself. And, and they're able to have this dialogue. As to, and then they go on to build cities. And then we become, in my imagination, the descendants of two brothers who worked out each other's misunderstandings, who had conflict. And then we become the descendants of these, of these brothers. And, and it, it creates a whole new world for me, you know, a whole new world of potential as to where we come from and where we're going. Powerful. Yeah, so many things to think about and feel when it comes to rewriting the story and, you know, taking the reins back for yourself, it's like, you made a conscious choice of like, okay, this is my maybe religion or belief system or way that I was brought up, but I'm going to take this conscious spin on like what I'm choosing to subscribe to. I feel like sometimes people forget that they have the, their own power, whether that's out of fear or programming or conditioning or expectations of others specifically, 
of parents. I know that's probably more of the old paradigm, but there's still some sort of control sometimes depending on our lineage or our patterns and our family systems. Like it can feel safe to be under the thumb of control, right? If that's what we've been conditioned to believe or, or literally how our nervous systems have been wired. So to hear you being your own person, essentially being connected to who you are and wanting to translate that out into the world and wanting to say, oh my gosh, like there is another way, you know, and for your version to you, because it's so important to you, it's like, this is the better way for me. And sounds like that you're allowing like all of these ways to exist. Like this gets to be real. This gets to be true. Like whatever you choose to subscribe to gets to serve you. But what I'm hearing from you is like that challenge of make sure it's actually honoring your values. Make sure it's actually honoring your beliefs of like where you're going and where you're headed and who you want to become, you know, like oftentimes like how the original story originates just from hearing what you've shared is like, we'd rather be right than choose relationship. You know, we'd rather be in our pride and maybe in our ego than to say, you know what? I actually would rather be in relationship than to like, hold on to this thing or be right about something. You know, I I think that's a huge part that you highlighted. And like for someone who let's say grew up and is not religious, like, or who doesn't believe in, um, a higher power or something like that, you know, like I even think that that's even a belief, you know, not believing or, you know, however you connect to yourself or what your, what you believe your purpose is, you know, like there's so many layers that like, I feel like are being addressed with such a, um, intentional, simplistic view or way, or, you know, like, like your, your way of expressing, like you mentioned too, that you're, you're still coming out of your shell, but like what I'm observing is like, you're very much like leaving your mark in a way that you want to be remembered in a sense, right? Like I want to, I want to be known for inspiring others to like, know that their way is valid versus like, okay, you're born into this family. You subscribe to this belief. You're not sure why you believe it, but it's just what we do. And that's how we fit in. And that's how we belong. You know, how often do we really question what we're doing? That's what I, I I picked up with you sharing that of like, wait a second, you, you came through to be like, hold on. Like there's, there's something else going on here. And I think that that's really valuable to highlight because for people who are feeling stuck in their life or for people who are, you know, knowing that they're here for something bigger or something more, or that they, they are a leader, a natural leader, and they want to like lead the way, but they don't know what that even looks like yet. It's like, if you're birthing a new paradigm or if you're birthing a new way and you're stepping into that leadership and you don't know what it looks like yet you just got to trust yourself before you even start. Right. It's like how you said, you're not fully expressed yet, but you're on your way. You're in some ways you're already doing it. You know, in some ways, the ways that you're showing up now have something to teach your future self. If you believe that like time isn't linear, you know? 
very, very cool and powerful. Yeah. And, and you touched on something, which is the simplicity of it. And the truth is it is quite simple, you know, and and there's a difference between easy and simple, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want to get strong and muscular, it's, it's a simple idea. You just lift weights and you do it over and over again, but it's not easy to continue to do it and build a habit after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so these, it is quite simple to change our beliefs. You know, it's as simple as understanding what beliefs even are. You know, for instance, we have this paradigm in our world, which is made up of thoughts and feelings and based on our thoughts and feelings, we essentially choose what we believe. And so we obviously don't believe all of our thoughts and we definitely don't believe all of our feelings. So how do we know after all, what it is that we believe? And the way you know what you believe is, well, look at how you act, your actions, your actions represent what you believe. You know, you, you have your thoughts, you don't act, you don't act them all out. You don't act out all your feelings. You choose the ones you act on. And so we've been caught up by the momentum. And so if you want to know what you believe, well, observe what, how you've been acting. And if you don't like what you see, well, then change your actions. That's as simple. It's like your clothes are going out of style. You change your beliefs like you change your clothes. And so you can change the direction you've been heading by taking a conscious approach of how you act. Yeah. And then like taking it that step further, like we say there are thoughts, our, our actions, our beliefs, but I would even challenge that to say, like, maybe they're just patterns that we're running that like feel comfortable and familiar to our nervous systems, you know, like, cause again, it goes into that piece of like, we're not really challenging our beliefs if they're convenient for us and they're serving us, then why would we want to change them? It's usually like, we're usually faced with conflict or like extreme discomfort before we typically will say, I need to make a change, you know, like, like illustrated with the stories too. It's, it's usually this very extreme scenario, you know, it's not just, you're not just going to run away or deny yourself over maybe something small. It's, it always feels like it has to be something big to have that illustration of like, wait a minute, like who, who am I, but who am I really like, like, who would I be without these beliefs? Who would I be if I didn't subscribe to that system or that um, behavior? You know, it's like, well, I've always, I've always identified this way. Like I think about with kids, especially I work with children. And if someone's like identified as like the problem child, which that was the label that I had when I was growing up, I was the problem child. Like I would find ways to fit that identity because that was how like my environment expected me to show up. It wasn't who I really was, you know? So it's interesting how we rise to these expectations. And then when we challenge that, like for me years down the line, I'm like, Oh, that never was who I was. And even if it was someone's perception of me, that just gets to be their stuff or their thing, or, you know, like there can still be that room for like how you said, just that, that's that very quick, like, Oh, I don't have to do that. It can go out of style. 
like I, I use that sometimes too of like, well, this, yeah, this outfit is just a way of expression. You know, I'm just, I'm just using this to express. It's not who I am while well, I've had it for a decade. I've had it for years, but like it, that still doesn't like even those excuses or reasons that we have, that still doesn't even really make sense. You know, it's like, okay. And you know, okay. You've had this shirt since you were in um, high school. Okay, cool. You know, like, cause we never really take it past that part. We just stop at, oh, but I've had it for a long time. This is part of, this is who I am. It's like, right. But that actually doesn't still mean that you have to hold on to it, even though that's how we've been conditioned to think that that's what it means. You know, we forget to challenge ourselves and we forget that it's safe to let go or safe to change or safe to come into our own or believe our own ideas. And, and I think that always goes back to the tribe of like, we want to do, we want to conform with what's around us to fit in. And, um, and kind of like how you shared, if we don't feel that way, then we deny ourselves. But I bet there's room for us to be different if we gave ourselves that permission. Absolutely. And you're right about it. There's never been a safer time to do it, you know, because according to, to history, it wasn't safe before to challenge your beliefs. You know, people would people would get killed. People would get, you know, it, it was a it was a dangerous place to come out of your shell and to challenge um, yeah. And so it's never been safer to go ahead and do it. Challenge yourself, challenge your parents, challenge your religious leaders, your teachers. It's never been safer to do, meaning you, you, it, may not, it may not come out the way you think it will, uh, but you're unlikely going to get killed or hurt because of it, because we are in a, in a safe environment where this mm-hmm. is the time. If, if there's ever been a time to challenge your beliefs, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think holds people back besides like just their fear of what could happen? I guess that's probably the biggest one. I don't know. I mean, it's just the, the comfort of our program, you know, it's really just running in the background and it's a lot easier to go with what's been coming than it is to go against it and to, to create a new path where you don't even really understand how to do it or where it's going it's a lot easier just to fall in line Mm -hmm. yeah and it also like with that deep conditioning with with that deep um deep-seated belief system whether that is just through the lineage through your ancestors you know like just how each generation can impact the next it's, it's a lot. It's just a lot to wake up to. And I think about this a lot, how, like what my ancestors went through or what they dealt with, like those won't be things that I'll ever need to worry about in this day. And so like, there is that seemingly loss of connection of like, oh, I can't relate, you know, but then it's like, well, what they had to go through was why I'm here you know? And so it is like all connected and it is all part of the story and just even the power of storytelling. Like I got my parents this book last year called StoryWorth and they get to like fill out a question a day or a question a week. And like I told them, I was like, your grandkids will probably be reading these stories 
So like tell them the real truth because like it's sweet to sugarcoat and it's cool to be like, oh, that's what happened. But like tell the truth because I was like, if you don't, who will? You know, like you have permission now. Not that you need permission, but just but just say it how it is, you know? Like I feel like there is this this tendency to um like look at the bright side or yeah, like just want things to be different than they are. But I think it's valuable to to know. I, I don't know if you've seen the show This Is Us, but it's also one of my favorites. And they they show like the same episode like three times, but each time from each lens of each child. And it's just so powerful because storytelling, but from different angles. And then the angles are just representing the beliefs of that person, you know, and how, how you can tell the same story from different viewpoints, different vantage points. So yeah, just the legends and the power of storytelling and also like what makes these stories so powerful that they survived all of this time? Like they must've really been important or impactful or, you know, protected or sacred or all of the things to, to get us to where we are. And, um, yeah, I think the generational piece is definitely a really big one too, to help bridge the gaps between the, our past and our future. That's right. You know, that, I think that's the, the main reason why I, I write these stories for children. Uh, you know, I write, I really write them for parents because they, mm-hmm. but, but it, I do it so that they can impact their children in a, in that positive way, because generationally speaking, I really do feel that it only takes one generation to change the direction of where we've been, where, where we're going. Mm-hmm. And when we're able to cope and understand that these stories that have been told to us have not been designed to hold us down, but on the contrary, they've been, they've been designed for us to triumph over. They've, they've been designed for us to become stronger because of them. And when we lead the way by example, you know, that's the way that we really impact children because kids will never do what we tell them to do. They, they do what we do. And, and so if they can see that we're breaking out of ourselves and becoming stronger because of our mistakes and our errors and the, the place of where we come from, well, then that gives them the, the, you know, the permission, like you said, or the courage to do it themselves in a much greater way. I feel, you know, it's like, like the potential that, kids have is remarkable, you know, even more than what we can imagine, just because, you know, like you were pointing out in the, in the story, like their point of view is different, you know, and it's not limited in the way that it's limited for us, you know, like as grownups, we have all this trauma essentially to filter through before making a choice. And if so, we can impact kids before we traumatize them and encourage them to, uh, make their own choices and to become stronger because of their mistakes, then I feel very quickly the world shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I always have believed that kids want to be seen as their own people and that they want to be seen as individual and that they want to be seen as unique and for who they are and not just um, like what adults think that they should be, you know, like adults are so worried about 
like how you mentioned teaching, like how are they going to learn this? Let's, let's really implement this into their cognitive faculties, but no, they're kids are energy and feeling they're all about being in the present moment. And, and right now is all that matters. And, you know, looking at their development, you could say they're impulsive, or you could say that they're uh, defiant, but it's, but what it comes down to is like the way that they move through the world has a lot to do with their emotionality. And if we're not emotionally intelligent as adults, it's going to be harder to teach our children because we're not teaching from this place of cognition. Their brains aren't developed yet. They're ready for like the emotionality. They're ready for the imagination. And we want to really encourage that so that we can foster their own creativity. They're already going to be showing up in those ways. And, and when kids are already born so much more advanced than we ever could be like, let's, let's take that as a sign of, okay, they have something to teach us. They just need us to be like honest and be guiding and really just have humility. And they want to see our humanness. They want to see us mess up and own our mistakes and own our roles. Like they thrive when they see They feel so good when they see their parents or their adults or their caregivers being human and like coming forward with their mistakes. And, you know, it's, it's really, really powerful. It's all of these ways that the, I feel like the ways that you're retelling stories is you're including these moments of vulnerability, like, okay, this is where I, this is where I messed up. This is what I was actually thinking, you know, like just bridging that gap of not having to guess or not having to make assumptions or not having to have all of these unspoken dynamics at play or threats or just, yeah, like repressed feelings where when kids have like loving leaders that know how to put themselves first, like that's what we really need. You know, that's what we really need. And so I love that, that the stories that you're retelling are specifically for parents, you know, and, and giving them that support because parents need that right now. Parents do need it. And contrary, when, when we don't own our mistakes, it creates confusion for the kids because it's, it's contrary to what they see. And so they're, they become confused. And so this confusion grows over time. And so they grow up confused as opposed to if you just acknowledge it when it happens, acknowledge your mistakes, own them for what they are, apologize, mm-hmm. then it, it removes that confusion. It makes them clear, meaning it's okay to make mistakes. It's, it's obvious that these mistakes will happen because mm-hmm. obviously kids have this understanding where your, your parents used to be kids. And so they've come all this way and they're still making mistakes. Well, then it's definitely okay for me to make mistakes. Totally. Yeah. So, so powerful. Well, I'd love to hear too, like, what are your future plans? Like, how do you see this evolving and how do you see this creating that impact? I know you mentioned you're, you're beginning to get out there in the expression and I'm sure you have these big dreams and goals that you're that you're moving toward. I would love to hear what you're leaning into next. Well, Jennifer, you know, I have, I have a vision. I have a, a vision of where I'm going, of what my world looks like. And essentially it's quite simple. You know, it's, it's not too much different than it is now. You know, it's just 
slightly less chaos. And I live in a world where I surround myself with, with people who are doing the things that I want, you know, as far as taking ownership for, for themselves, taking ownership, you know, and, and that's res- that responsibility goes for your losses as well as for your wins. And so there, I live in a world where we live in abundance. We live in clarity, mm-hmm. live in a place where we live in a community of helping and uplifting each other. Mm-hmm. And this world is very clear to me. You know, I, I, I've, I've uh, manifested it in my world to, you know, I, I get to meet people like you, get to meet people like Vipka, who's, who's on, this, on this call. And it's very realistic for me for, to build a world for ourselves, a world of abundance and beauty and clarity and triumph. You know, just because we are abundant doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. On the contrary, you know, the the reason it's abundant is because of the struggle. We become stronger because of the resistance. Mm -hmm. To me, it's quite simple as to what my vision looks like. And it just continues to expand. It continues to expand. My world continues to expand the people in my world continue to expand their world and it just continues to, to grow. And before you know it, history will be put in its place, which is where it belongs in the past. And so we start to focus on our story rather than history. You know, that's something that, that I've been talking about is like, I want to create this new, this new word essentially, which is our story, you know, where, where we have the ability to create our story. And our story is representative of the ability of triumphing over the chaos, triumphing over the resistance that in history seems to keep us down, but in our story is the reason we become greater. And so I feel we have all the ability to focus on our story and leave history where it belongs. It's not denying history, but leave it where it, where it should be, which is in the past, because after all, it's, you know, and in, in especially in the English language, I, I really enjoy it because it, it breaks words down as to where they come from. You know, there's root word, you know, and so history is like his story. Well, whose story is it? And why do we keep repeating his story? Who is he? We don't even know who he is. Well, then if we, why are we repeating a story of, for someone we don't know? It's like Cain, like, why would I give my best to someone I don't know? You know, and so why, are, why do we keep focusing on history you know, it's because we're, we're compelled to do so, you know, that history keeps repeating. Well, but it's really repeating within ourselves. It's really our choice as to what stories we pick up and run off. And so if we put history in its place and focus on our story, well, then our, and we continue to do it day in and day out, well, then our, our world completely changes. And, or, you know, it, we pick up so much momentum that we, we don't even remember his story anymore because we're so focused on our story, on our world, on uplifting one another. And that's the story that I, I want to represent for myself and for everyone around me. Yeah, what I thought about when you were sharing that was when you proposed the question, like, why, why do we keep repeating it, you know? And 
the first thing that came to my mind is, well, there's more to learn here, right? Like some people, I have to remind myself, not everybody's on the path of transformation, you know, like not everybody's here to like grow and evolve and cycle through and go to next levels and repeat it over and over again. You know, like some people are content with like going through the same and having comfort with same, you know, and sometimes we see like people in those positions, like the world is what happens for them to change, you know, like something in the world has to happen. And then, okay, now we've got to change because some people initiate change and other people wait, you know, and there's nothing wrong with either. And I think both have to exist. And I'm sure there's many people in between the two extremes. So like for people who are ready to like make those changes of wait, light bulb moment, I don't have to keep repeating these cycles. Okay. If I don't want to repeat them, like I better take everything I have to learn to apply it to the new way or to apply it to what makes sense. I feel like that's probably the most relatable way of like, when we, if we do find ourselves questioning our patterns and our beliefs, it's like, well, what even makes sense? You know, we're in a world that's so full of like, non-consensual advertising. And there's just so much stimulation in our face all the time. And oh my gosh, it's like, you can try to unplug, but like everything is just subconsciously targeted and like the powers that be notice. And, you know, it's almost like you have to biohack and be on the other side of it, like very consciously to even like go against it or to move, go against the grain. Right. And so, yeah, I think what the other thing I thought about was like, when there are more leaders who know that they want to create change, it's like, that's when we're going to see all of this, like working harder than we need to start to dismantle and start to fall away and find out like the real layers of like, wait, what actually matters? You know, it's like when we get out of like the lower levels of consciousness of like the blame and the shame and the guilt and the unknowns, because we're not communicating. It's like, oh, then like the real conversation can start, you know, like, what do we even want? What do we even want? You know? And like how that is so important. What makes sense to each person? Cool. Let's make it sustainable, you know, versus this idea of like just surviving. Cause that's, I feel like the part that I'm ready to leave behind, especially as you mentioned, we're in a world of abundance. So abundance of everything. If you believe in lack, abundance of lack, but lack isn't real, right? So it's like, whatever we subscribe to is going to be what we receive that abundance of, but it's like, yeah, the collaboration, the effort of everyone, the effort that like everyone's important and we need everyone to be their fullest expression to move forward in these ways. That's right. And the, and the fact of it, you know, from what you just said is like, some people aren't ready for it. Some people aren't ready to change. And really, I, I don't, I don't think that these people are here to hinder us. You know, I, I really feel that they're our greatest teachers, because they show us exactly what we don't like about ourselves. You know, like, I, I you know, in our in a story, we're telling stories, you know, in, in books and movies, and they're portrayed by actors you know, people taking action, actors. And so the, the greatest actors are the <laughs> ones who don't break character, right? The ones who, even when the, when the, when the director says cut, he still, he refuses to break character, you know, he's, mm-hmm. and then those, 
those are the ones, you know, who, who really lead the way because they're showing us exactly like they're mirroring exactly what we don't like. And so they're not really here. You know, we have to be more compassionate with these people because they're so great. They're really the greatest. Yeah. And we need each other to see each other's angles and to see the parts of us, you know, like mirrors, the way that mirrors appear in nature are like through each other and through like water, you know, like we don't, we, we made up mirrors to see ourselves, but like we are each other's mirrors. That's how we see ourselves even deeper. You know, I think that's how we see each other deeper than just like a mirror that we have maybe on our wall or, you know, we need a relationship to move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's times now, Jennifer, can I ask you a question that you, you, you say the word relationship, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how you're using it. Can you, I feel like you're, you're saying something and I'm not catching it. Yeah. So being in relationship with our peers, with our friends, with our, like, even like at the grocery store, it's like, I believe that, and it, and it kind of cycles back to what you said at the very beginning, you know, like we all play a role. And sometimes like in our minds, we'll minimize that. And we'll say, oh, I'm lonely. Like I'm alone in this world. Well, no, I'm actually in relationship. Like, for example, I live in an apartment. And so I have people underneath me, like I'm in relationship to them, but whether we know each other or not, maybe not consciously, but like we're in relationship because we both live in the same building, you know, or we go like, let's say someone, if I go to school, like I go to school with them, we're in, I don't know if relationship is, is the best word, but it's like, we're in, there is like a dynamic or we're in an energy that, um, is exchanged, whether it's recognized or, um, seen as like, oh yeah, they're just like the person I pass by. Oh, they're just like the person that I wait with at the bus stop. You know, it's like, we are in relationship with everyone around us because that those are our mirrors. That those are the people us that are teaching us that help us see us clear more clearly at the end of the day, it's all about us and not in like this selfish self-centered way, but in a way of like putting yourself first is how we like become clear, how we take all of these filters and um, experiences and trauma and yeah, all the garbage that's just circulating around us. It's like, how do we just cleanse that and shed those layers of not being able to see ourselves clearly. I believe that like, we have to acknowledge that like we are in relationship with the environment, with, you know, the dynamics that are at play. Like we're probably attracting relational dynamics into our life that are going to help us elevate to the next level. If that is what we so choose. So like, let's say for example, like you grow up with really strict parents who um, exhibit like control. You may attract a boss in your life that is the same or has those same patterns. And you're like, wow, this boss is exactly like my father or wonder how that happened, you know? And I believe we're running these patterns and they're here to show us mirror to us. Oh, like this is an option to 
like use my voice. This is an option to say how I really feel. This is an option to communicate clearly, you know, and at the end of the day, it's not about the boss. It's not about your dad. It's about you. You know, you are it. You are the one evolving and growing at whatever rate you choose. So I think being in relationship to all of the dynamics in our world, all of the dynamics in our life, that's the key. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, totally. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. This was an amazing conversation. How can listeners get in touch with you if they want to learn more or if they have any specific questions for you? Yeah, you can reach me on Instagram at Conscious Bible Stories uh, through our website, ConsciousBibleStories.com. You can find my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you can uh, buy books, essentially. So Conscious Bible Stories. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. And it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Take good care, everyone.